Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Droid Life Show, episode 80, 86. It is 86, July 3rd, Friday, July 3rd. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Kellen. With me, Tim. Tim, say hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. So we know that it's holiday weekend for most this is an observed holiday day since July 4th happens to be on a Saturday. So we want to get in an early show and uh, uh, just talk about some stuff. We, we didn't get to get together last week. So there's actually all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so we want to run through. So there's this, there's a lot of talk about T-Mobile and Sprint right now because, well, number one, their CEOs are attacking each other publicly on Twitter, which is always fun. But they also introduced some new leasing plans that uh, we've been talking a little bit about lately. Just want to dive into those, make sure everyone knows what's going on. Uh, one plus two, we're starting to find out piece by piece what's going on there, when it's going to be revealed. Uh, Motorola dropped like... I want to say they dropped like 10 updates this week on all of their phones that have been needing 5.1 for like eight months. It feels like uh, we've, we've done some reviews. Tim reviewed the NVIDIA shield. I did the galaxy S six active Ron did the pebble time. So we've got a bunch, bunch of stuff to talk about. So uh, let's start, let's start with this T-Mobile sprint drama stuff. So, so we, we got to go back like a week. Uh, T-Mobile started this new, uh, what are they calling it? Amped, Uncarrier Amped or something like that. And so Uncarrier Amped is basically them going back over all of their Uncarrier moves and amping them up, if you want to call it that. And so they're they're tweaking a lot of those, those programs. Uh, so the first one was uh, their JUMP. So JUMP, all capitals, exclamation mark, uh, was their upgrade program that they initially launched. I think it's been two years now. Uh, and it allows you to upgrade early. And they've tweaked it over time. Uh, and now basically all you have to do is uh, you can trade your phone in, I think almost whenever, and they'll pay up to half of it off or something like that. So they announced Jump On Demand, which is a leasing program where you basically lease a phone for 18 months, uh, but you can trade it in and upgrade up to three times per year and all this stuff. So they announced that. And then this week, Sprint announced a new leasing plan as well called All In, brought in David Beckham. Uh, and this, the plan got all sorts of flack and they've already had to change some things and we'll dive into that in a second. Uh, but anyway, so John Ledger, T-Mobile CEO, took a shot at Sprint over this new plan as he always does and basically called it garbage. Uh, and uh, Sprint CEO, Marcelo, is it Chloré? Chlor, Chloré? Marcelo Chlor? Chloré? Whatever it is. Sprint CEO, right? So he actually fired back, like just went off. Uh, it's it kind of like middle of the night. Maybe he had a couple bottles of wine. I have no idea. But it, like middle of the night, dude just goes off on Twitter, attacks John Ledger, and says, "You know your your plans are all garbage too, and they're sneaky, and you're what did he say? You're bullshit, basically. He's sick of the uncarrier bullshit. Uh, that's what it was. I'm sick of the uncarrier bullshit. So that happened, and then we waited for John Ledger to respond, and he did with basically like a you mad bro, mad uh, bro, yeah." <laughs> And so that happened. Uh, it's been uh, interesting to watch. So we, we, we kind of broke down T-Mobile's leasing plan yesterday to talk about what the deal is. And I also sort of put up a post responding to Sprint CEO, uh, his sort of rant about how I, I basically think he's wrong um, and doesn't understand anything. Uh, and so there's like, it's kind of like a hot topic, I feel like, leasing programs in general. So uh, you want to talk about those real quick? We'll try yeah, to be sure. quick about this. Uh, so leasing programs, right? I ran through this yesterday um, and I think there's some confusion. So a lot of people are wondering like, are they a good deal? Are they a bad deal? Uh, should you do them? What's the point? 
who were they for all that stuff. So uh, Elise, um, Elise, I would try to compare like this phone leasing thing to like a car, right? So if you, if there's, there's always this argument, should you lease a car, buy a car? And, and basically what it comes down to, if you want to lease a car is you like having new cars all the time and you understand that you're going to have a car payment and you don't drive a lot. <laughs> right. So, uh, and if you want to buy a car, that means you essentially want to invest in a car and you're probably not going to buy a new car every couple of years. And you're in this sort of for the long haul in terms of financing or something like that. So phone leasing is kind of similar. You basically pay a monthly payment for a phone. Uh, and the idea is that hopefully you can upgrade regularly, uh, and often and it's cause you like new phones. And so, uh, uh, these lease programs like T-Mobile's, well, Sprint's is like completely different, which we'll get to in a minute. But so T-Mobile's basically, you sign an 18 month lease, lease, you could call it a contract if you want, because it technically is. Uh, and then you pay monthly payments on a phone and you can upgrade up to three times per year. So if you're one of those people that likes to upgrade all the time, it's actually not a bad deal. Like you pay a monthly fee for your phone, which just so happens to be uh, basically the full retail of the phone divided by 24 even though it's an 18 month lease. Uh, and so you're actually making payments towards that phone at the end of 18 months. If you have the same phone for 18 months, you can then pay the rest of it off. There's no like upcharge or anything and walk away with the phone. But if you're not one of those people that keeps a phone for 18 months, and you want a new one all the time, you can just walk in and upgrade for free, no charges, all this stuff. And you, you, you know, you're going to have to sign a new 18 month lease every time you do that. Uh, but basically you're just accepting the fact that you're going to have a monthly phone payment every month, but you're doing that because you want new phones all the time. It's kind of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not one who gets completely attached to the idea of owning your phone so you can root it and put cyanogen on it, then it's not a bad program. You know, say, for example, like a reader of Droid Life or a reader of any other Android site, you know, they want what, say, we have. You know, we get to play with all the new phones and stuff. If they want that same experience, I mean, it's not a terrible way of going about it. Right. I mean, you would get, like, the top three phones of the year each time, each time they come out. Mm-hmm. You just keep trading it in. It is. I think it, I see it just as you would a car. I mean, why? I mean, I, I understand why you would want to pay off that car, say, at the end of the, the term of the lease. But if you can just upgrade, you know, say, uh, and the payment really doesn't change all too much, then, you know, what's the big deal? You got newer tech. And plus, I mean, come on. Uh, each year goes by. I mean, phone technology changes so much and gets upgraded, and and you wouldn't even have to deal with like the whole upgrade, you know, <laughs> scenario. I mean, because each new phone comes out, it's probably running a later version of Android. So I think it's killing like a few birds with one stone. I mean, again, if you aren't hung up on having to own your phone, or you know, you want to root or something, it's probably not the best way to go about it. But I mean, if you just want a new phone three times a year, it doesn't sound all that bad to me. Yeah. I mean, like you, you just throw out some good points. Like when new phones come out, they tend to run like the newest version of Android, right? So you could, instead of sitting, like if you're a droid turbo owner, mm-hmm. think about, you could have upgraded like twice and already added lollipop like months and months ago if, if it was right. a T-Mobile phone. And so like, not only do you get new phones, but you potentially get new versions of Android. Um, and also, 18 months in this industry is a long time. Like we talk a lot. A lifetime. We, yeah. I mean, when we review phones, we talk about, will this phone last the normal person two years? And sure. Most phones nowadays are powerful enough. They'll last you for two years, but phones just, 
whatever it is, they start slowing down, getting a little jankier than normal as you as they get older. And so if you can swap for new phones all the time without paying anything extra ever, because that's that's the deal with this program, right? There's no upgrade fees and nothing due up front. Uh, you do have to trade in your phone, which is what some people would consider a downside. And But like you just said, if you're one of those people that doesn't care about fully owning your phone, then swapping it in and out all the time for the whatever's new is it just doesn't seem like that bad of a deal to me. Doesn't seem like that bad of an idea to me. I mean, I do that with cars. I, I don't see why I want to do it with phones. I mean, right. you just you can't get attached to things, man. <laughs> you just have well, to let them go. Yeah, and it's not like like phones are not investments. You know what I mean? Like they're like a car, basically. You walk out of a store with a phone, and they mm. drop in value like crazy. And sure, some of them like iPhones, right? They hold a little bit of value, and you could sure. resell iPhones. Android phones not necessarily the same deal. Oh, Galaxy no. S six maybe some of the Galaxy S phones in the past have been okay in terms of holding sure. value, but but so with this, you then you also don't have to worry about trying to sell your phone because you own it. You want to get some cash. You don't have to deal with that. Um, I, I guess it all like you have to just you have to get it in your mind that you just don't care that you're never gonna like have a stack of phones in your closet or something like that. Um, yeah, but really, I mean, who needs that anyway? I mean, unless it's you and I. I mean, unless I don't know why you would want to go back in time to like revisit. Sure, if you want to like I don't know own an OG droid, you know, go for it. That's cool. Right. But I, I don't need. Uh, well, as an average consumer, I wouldn't need all those phones. It just seems like a waste of a uh, waste of space and a waste of money, really. Yeah. And, and you know, there's the argument that, well, you should, people should just buy things at full retail. And look, we're, we, we're normally pretty much on the side of buying things at full retail, but that was when there wasn't programs where you could upgrade three times per year. Like we used to say before, because you don't want to lock into a contract and all that stuff, which is still a big deal. But if you buy a $650 phone, like I just said, you walk out the store and try to resell that thing, it's probably worth 500 bucks. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, if you buy a full retail, you know, you're never going to get that full retail price back. It, it's this is obviously a giant topic, right? But um, I think T-Mobile's... Everyone, oh, oh, by the way, we're, we're biased towards, towards this whole thing or something, apparently, because we're covering it. Um, I think the, the big draw here is that while it's an 18 month contract essentially right so so this is sort of kind of off topic but i'll try to get back to where i was going so t-mobile you know they went away from contracts right contract freedom and all this stuff right and with the 18 month lease program you're basically back on a contract if you want to look at it that way although you could argue that device payment plans are contracts too you know like contracts never really went away um anyways why this one is valuable at least in my mind even though it's an 18 month contract is that you get to upgrade three times per year. So you could upgrade six times essentially in that 18 month period if you really wanted to. Um, and so why that differs to what like the old contracts that we used to harp on and, and hate on is because they didn't let you upgrade. Like Verizon, you know, they basically moved it to two full years. You had to wait to upgrade your phone. And so you, you had to sign a contract and lock into a phone that probably wasn't going to last you two years and you were just screwed. Um, and so this thing, you're never locked into a phone for more than a couple months. If you don't want to be, you can upgrade whenever. And there's no like hidden fees that we're noticing at least at this time. So it's, it's, it's a confusing big subject. Um, I just, this seems like a pretty decent deal. Like you said, as long as you're just fine with the fact that you're never going to own a phone. 
like you're kind of renting a phone all the time if you want to put it that way yeah renting a phone is not bad i mean as long as uh i mean you got to be careful these phones still come in with the insurance right or say if you don't pay for insurance etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like yeah, ten dollars so- extra a month Yeah, so this is one of the like sort of weird downsides that some people pointed out to me that I need to look more into, Mm. and it's the uh, it's like if you if you're on a lease and you damage the phone, Mm. um, you're definitely on the hook for some money unless you have insurance, right? So everyone probably should buy insurance, but like like if you buy a phone outright and you damage it and you don't have insurance, you're screwed there too. So I don't really see that there's that big of a difference, but that's one of those things. Like you should probably buy insurance since you're leasing a phone. Um, I don't know. Insurance is good to have. Yeah. And so it's eight bucks per month, I think is what, is what you have to pay. So. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. So that's T-Mobile's um, sprint on the other hand, all in baby. <laughs> yeah. So, so sprint introduces this all in, uh, all in wireless. It is, it's a lease program. I don't want to say just like T-Mobile's because it doesn't seem anything like T-Mobile's. It's a lease program. It's $80 per month. $20 of that goes towards your phone lease and 60 bucks go, goes towards unlimited talk, text, and data. Massive asterisk up there next to data. So, so when they first introduced this, uh, there was, it, you know, it was 80 bucks and the pricing and the unlimited data and all that. But there was like this footnote, like way at the bottom of their press release that said, but that unlimited data, we're going to cap all video streaming to 600 kilobytes a second, which is like, I, I think I saw somebody like sort of try to measure that out. And it's basically like watching all videos in like either 360 or 480p or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like if you're on Sprint's data, not on Wi-Fi, and you try to watch YouTube, like, good luck ever watching, you know, on your big, giant quad HD display or watching in, like, 480p. Uh, and so so they took a whole bunch of flack for it, and rightfully so. And be, I think before the day was even up, like, they issued another statement saying, like, okay, sorry, we're listening to your feedback. We're removing this cap. But we still might have to manage our manage our network, which essentially means like they're not going to be a hard cap on video streaming, but we still might have to throttle you regularly. And so it's, it's it, that whole side of it is just really gross to me. It's all this butts and butts and butts and butts. So um, outside of that, the plan itself, I just don't, I just don't know that this is that good of a deal. So I, I looked at T-Mobile's yesterday for a long time and tried to look at every angle of it and all this stuff. So Sprint's is quite different. You pay so, so basically Sprint's just locking everyone back into an old two-year contract like you used to sign that you, everyone hated and wanted to get out of, right? That, that you signed a two-year lease and it's $80 a month. Um, and they say like $20 goes towards the phone. So at least they're being upfront with you and telling you how much the phone portion is. Cause you remember the carriers used to just wrap it all up. This like subsidy price. Right. Um, and so you're locked in for two years. I, I don't see anywhere where it says like you can upgrade at six months or two months or one year or 18 months. Like it basically just says like, this is what you've got for two years. And it's kind of crazy to think like, you know, AT&T Next, there's like all these upgrade options and Verizon Edge. Well, Verizon Edge basically sucks. Now you have to go two years or pay your phone fully off. So Verizon's basically on a two-year contract deal now too. But like AT&T and T-Mobile obviously let you upgrade all the time. The Sprint deal, 
like you, you wrote up the initial posts on it. Did you see anywhere where it says like upgrading? Like I don't see any choice for upgrades anywhere. No. Yeah. It wasn't really all about upgrading your device. It was about just everything for $80 being super simple because David Beckham couldn't understand what the other carriers were trying to sell him. So it wasn't about like, Oh, get the latest phone whenever you want. It was right. all about just simple plan. We own, I mean, it just seemed like they kind of just controlled everything about. So it's, it really, okay. Cause like I, I'm serious. I've been reading like the fine print looking everywhere. And so there was a ton, there was a ton of fine print. Yeah. It's hard to like, kind of go through it all. Yeah. So uh, this is, it's, it's a lease, right? So you pay 20 bucks a month towards a phone. And at the end of that two years, you then have the option to buy the phone. Right. And I would imagine Sprint's just doing like T-Mobile where those $20 per month payments go towards a phone. And then at the end you pay the difference. So um, you're basically what at 480 at the end of two years or something like that. 20 times 24. Sounds about right. Something like that. So then, you know, if depending on what phone you buy, you probably owe a couple hundred bucks if you want to own that phone, except that it's you're two years in and you probably don't want to own that phone anymore. You're probably going to get a new one. So it, and then the, the unlimited data stuff that's obviously going to be throttled and slow. It's Sprint's network. There's only a couple phones. It says there's three phones. The, the yeah, iPhone, 6, iPhone 6, 6, 16 and gig. Galaxy well, S2. Yeah. So well, it also says 1M9, but when I went on their actual site, I, I didn't see the 1M9 anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will point out that so 20 bucks a month is for the iPhone 6 16 gig or the S6 32 gig. But if you jump up, like to the next storage, it only goes up five bucks per month. I so, yeah. So if you jump up to 64 gig on the Galaxy S6, it's only 85 per month. So they're basically charging you five bucks extra a month for some, for some more storage. So, yeah, so 60 bucks a year just for an extra, for double the storage. But um, so I, I don't, I don't understand sprint other, other than what you just said, it's like a simple plan, right? You just know 80 bucks. I get a new iPhone and then I get unlimited, whatever sort of like, that's kind of where you're at, but I don't see the, the, like the appeal there. No, there's no, there's no wow factor in this plan. And um, oh. I, I, of course, I was watching John Leisure's uh, Periscope yesterday oh, yeah. and he just said, no one cares. It's, it's boring. And, um, and it's kind of unfortunate. You know, I think the, the main issue is Sprint's network itself. It's not necessarily Sprint's plans or, or their right. marketing. I think their coverage really just blows. Like if I could actually use Sprint, um, maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. But since their network is practically unusable, um, for it seems a lot of people, I mean, we see comments all the time where Sprint is just bad, where they live, and that seems like everybody. But um, it kind of sucks. You know, it must it must be hard to say be at Sprint because, you know, you have such a bad image of what your network is like. I mean, how could you ever really fix that? That's tough to fix, your mm-hmm. network, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it takes a lot of time. Only T-Mobile was able to do it because what they got some huge, um, you know, settlement from AT and T, and they were able to start, you know, pumping that into marketing and fixing up their network. But Sprint, like they, they need some type of huge cash infuse from overseas, you know, from their new owners, and uh, try and fix something because the marketing. I mean, who cares if you don't have the network, yeah. then you can't really battle on the marketing side. Yeah, and 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 it seems like. Like T-Mobile, I feel like is hitting it right by saying people want new phones all the time, right? Like that's the whole point of jump on demand is get new phones. And this plan is just like, it's simple and you're all in. And I, 
I, I don't know. Like there's nothing there that appeals to me. Like I want new phones all the time. I don't want to lock into an iPhone for two years or galaxy S six for two. Like that's the old way I feel like of smartphone thinking, right? Like when contracts were such a big deal, it was like, it, it was even longer ago than that. I mean, like for years people have wanted the new phone all the time, right? They want a new phone every year at least. And, uh, and this just seems to like, like it's taking us back to like the early two thousands and everyone just has a phone for two years and that's just what they have. Like we don't do that anymore. We want new phones all the time. Like I, I I don't even see in this thing where there's like one year upgrade or like trade in your phone at a year and just sign a new lease. Like there's nothing. It just says like you are signing a two year lease and you have an iPhone for two years. That's just crazy to me. I, like, how do you compete if you're basically locking people into the same phone? I don't know. It's crazy, dude. They'll figure it out one day, I think. I mean, they're probably they're probably gonna have to. So, yeah, they. I mean, they might. <laughs> I I don't know. Um. So then the the third part to all of the sprint team old stuff was that was that battle, right? That they had. Mm. Um. And so it was basically like Marcelo saying to John Ledger, like you're deceptive in the uh, the pricing of your phones, right? Um, and so I've seen people battle this back and forth. I'm clearly on one side of it. But so what he was saying was, you, you know, you're, you're being so sneaky and shady with your, uh, with your pricing because you're only charging people 15 bucks per month for the iPhone. And then when they go upgrade, it jumps all the way to like 27 bucks per month or something like that. And that's sneaky and shady and yada, yada, yada. And like, I don't see it that way at all. Like T-Mobile is pretty upfront in the fact that the iPhone priced at 15 bucks per month is a promotional deal. Like it's a promotional deal to, to like bring some buzz to their thing. They're not saying like iPhone 15 bucks for life and then flipping it and tricking you. Like it, it's like a promotional deal. Uh, you know, like if you go buy the Galaxy S6, it's like 28 bucks, I think per month and they, they tell you that. And then if you get the galaxy note four, it's like 30 bucks per month. Like it's like the pricing's there. And so I, I just don't see it as being shady. Like they're doing a promotional price and the pricing's all laid. I don't know. I, I guess I don't get like why anyone thinks it's so sneaky and shady. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think, um, I don't think it is sneaky or shady. I think John leisure wouldn't be able to be so kind of, open and transparent about everything if there was something, you know, to hide, really. Um, Not that I'm, like, some T-Mobile fanboy. I really don't care. I don't use (laughs) T-Mobile. So, um, I don't really really care either way. I just think John Leisure, I'll stop calling him John, Mr. Leisure appears to have nothing to hide. So, I feel like, you know, I don't know why anyone would want to say, well, he must be sneaky or something like that. You know, I mean... I think the guy's coming in and shaking up the industry, and I don't think a lot of people like that. So, yeah, it's obviously pissing a lot of people off. And look, John Ledger's pretty goddamn annoying. I like, I'll be one hundred percent honest on that. Like the dude, I just wish he would shut up sometimes. But I will say that, like, they've clearly the stuff that he's introduced has had, like, especially AT and T. Like, they just copy everything T Mobile does at this point. And so, a lot of the stuff he's done has changed the way the industry works. And while I don't know that we've necessarily seen like pricing come down or anything like that it has made it all more clear. Like now, like your the, the price you pay for your phone is separate from your wireless service. And that used to be all shady, shadily like bundled together and you didn't know. Now it's all separate, which is the way it always should have been. And so there's, everything's much more transparent now, which is good. Um, 
and I'm with you. Like, I don't really care about T-Mobile. Like I have a phone with T-Mobile service and I use it a few days and some days I'm on an AT&T and some days I'm on a run. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I live in a city and almost everyone has good service here outside of Sprint. So, uh, and, and I don't even really like John Ledger, but like this plan doesn't really seem that crappy. Sprint does. And so when CEOs are battling and they say stupid crap, like we're going to call people out on, it. I mean, if John Ledger says something really stupid and does something sneaky, we're going to call him out on it too. So sure. But we're biased. Yeah, well, we're paid. That's right. <laughs> it's like every time we write something positive about one company versus another, we're biased and paid <laughs> by that company. I think that's just that's just um <laughs> that's just how it works when you're part of the media, right? Yeah. Par for the course. Yeah. Okay, anyways, enough about that. Unless you have anything else you want to say about leasing programs. No, yeah, good luck to everybody who who, yeah. who does it. <laughs> yeah. And look, the, that whole conversation, we didn't even talk about the fact that T-Mobile service still may suck in your in neighborhood. So it may not even be an option, you know? It means you still may have Verizon as your best option. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's talk OnePlus 2. So OnePlus 2, well, so OnePlus has started their like rollout of talking about feature after feature. I can't remember if the show we did two weeks ago, they had announced the Snapdragon 810. Did they? Uh, I, I want to say no. Okay, so the first thing they announced was, well, they announced that we're announcing roll of feature by feature, and then they announced that it's running Snapdragon 810, and everyone got mad, and then they had to defend it. I think we did talk about that two weeks ago. Anyways, they announced the 810, Snapdragon 810, and everyone said it's going to overheat, and they said no, it's not. We, we've worked specially with them. We're using this new version of the 810. And then Sony's actually using that new version of the 810 in the Xperia Z4, and it's like melting people's faces. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know that anyone believes this phone's not going to just burn through your pants pocket. Uh, so they announced that, and then the second thing they announced was a refined and lightning quick fingerprint scanner. Right? Wasn't that the second one? Correct. And then, and then USB Type C. Yes, and then USB Type-C. So those are the only three official... Th- oh, and then we know they're going to unveil it on July 27th in virtual reality. Okay, l- l- let's talk about that real quick. So okay. they made they made a big deal about it being in VR, and they were like, we've made our own VR unit based off cardboard, and then come to find out they only have 1,000 units. Um I thought it was. I thought I saw somewhere there was thirty thousand, and they're available now. Is it only a thousand? I saw one thousand on their their tweet. They're like, "We've got a thousand to give away." I mean, I would hope they have more, but I saw one thousand, and that was either on Twitter or directly on their site. I saw it uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah. It was one thousand. I was like, "Oh, damn." Okay, <laughs> so no one will be watching this in VR unless you already own cardboard, right? Because I'm guessing I won't be able to watch it in Gear VR on my Samsung phone. Probably not. Yeah. Probably so, not. Um, the whole VR thing, that that can just die. Um, that seems really kind of just ridiculous. I'm I'm sorry, OnePlus. I don't really want to stand next to you while you uh, <laughs> unveil this phone. I'd rather sit in the audience and like just watch you do your thing. Like I don't need to be a part of your team. It's <laughs> all of us a trip to China, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... If they could, like, you know, take me out on the street, I want to see the Great Wall and all that, like, that'd be cool. But if I just have to stand on stage with you and be all awkward, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, so let's see. They think they think their fingerprint scanner will be faster than Apple's Touch ID, right? Didn't they say something like that? Mm-hmm. They basically said, like, one quick tap takes you right to your home screen. 
You can store up to five fingerprint profiles. So it's basically, you know, a fingerprint scanner like any other fingerprint scanner, but they think it'll be fast. So that's nice. Uh, we also uncovered a Bluetooth SIG uh, filing for it, which shows three models actually coming out, which is kind of a big deal. We thought there, you know, last year there was one model that came in two storage sizes. Now we're looking at potentially three and a benchmark maybe shows that one of those models may have four gig of RAM. One may have three gig of RAM. And then there, I saw somewhere, I wish I could remember the site. I'm sorry. They, uh, they had like this whole rundown of the one plus two rumors today. And they said there might be like a one plus two mini. So mm-hmm. there could be a three gig of RAM version, a four gig of RAM version, and then a mini potentially. So that's interesting. It gives you lots of, lots of price points, I guess. Uh, and then the other thing, yeah, was USB type C which I can't wait for. Like I'm super excited about USB type C and it's going to be great. I just want to like plug the, like I have an iPhone sitting here and it's plugged into a lightning cable right now and lightning cable, just whatever way you just plug it in. And still to this day, it, I think every time I have to plug a phone in an Android phone, in, it, it a little bit of me like dies every time I have to figure out which way the USB cable goes. Mm. Like, I cannot wait. And like this, the dongle support and the faster, whatever speeds, I don't really care. I just want to plug my phone in and not have to worry about it. So that'll be happening. So wait, what didn't they say they were going to be the first flagship with the USB type C or something like that? Um, correct. That's what they're shooting for. The first. Because there's lots of rumors about the Galaxy Note 5 having a USB Type-C, right? So they got to beat that to market. Well, they will. I mean, if they announce on July 27th and if they could release it within a month, then it shouldn't yeah. be too much of a problem. So do you think on the 27th they're going to announce that you can... Oh, no, they're going to do that order. Well, they're doing that stupid invite system again, aren't they? I think no, they're- no. They're, this is almost confirmed. They're going to be going back to Kickstarter. Uh, to to fund the development of the phone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, please don't say that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that they're bringing back the invite system because they're a small company and they can't have lots of stock and all. Yeah, we get it. So July 27th, do you think they're going to open invites right away or is it going to be another month before invites open and they do a bunch of really stupid campaigns and if then the phone won't ship until like after the No 5? If they're smart, um, they would have... I mean, at least pre pre not pre orders, but yeah, maybe a pre order or you know invite system um, that day. I mean, you got you got to strike while while it's hot. Yeah. So if they learned anything from last year, they're going to try and cut back on this whole invite thing. You know, if, if you're so small and you need to know what you're uh, capable of doing or what how many phones you need to make, you know, set up a pre order and have people pay and be like, all right, we have a guaranteed amount of this. And uh, that's how many we need to make. Let's go. But apparently it's too hard. Yeah. I mean, I, my guess is they'll have you sign up to potentially receive an invite. That, that way they can gauge interest, right? And decide how many phones they need to make. And then they'll start making them. And then they'll start sending invites. But it's yeah, it's going to be just like last year. It's going to be a pain to get one for the first few months. And it's going to suck. And everyone's going to whine and complain and we're going to be sending out invites and it's going to, it's going to be the same thing all over again. And droid life was going to have a post saying we've got a hundred invites to give away. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The, the problem is like the phone's probably going to be good. The, the one plus one was one of my favorite phones of last year. It was, it was a cool phone. It was a good phone. 
And so I get the feeling I'm going to like this phone. I'm just going to be so annoyed again with OnePlus as a company that it's going to be tough to be like, yeah, give me that phone. But it was a good phone last year. I seriously remember going places with that phone and the battery lasting like a day and a half. Like, I think, I think when I realized that I liked the phone so much, I was at like a bachelor party in Bend and I didn't have, I was up like for 24 hours or something and never plugged the thing in. And the phone still had like 30% battery the next day when I finally woke up. I was like, this is, this is actually really nice. I wish all phones were like this. So, all right. So that's one plus two. Uh, Just quickly. So there's a couple of Motorola code name rumor things floating around. Uh, a few months ago, we wrote up that there's a couple of uh, model numbers that you should potentially look out for. It was XT1585 and XT... What's the other one? 1578, I believe. Anyways, there's new information on those. One's called the Motorola codename Kinsey, and the other one is the Clark. And we think they're both going to Verizon. So one has a Snapdragon 810, one has a Snapdragon 808, the 808, a lot of people think, is probably the new Moto X, and that's the Clark. And the Kinsey, a lot of people think, is probably the next Droid phone. Hmm. We obviously don't know when they're coming, but Motorola doesn't do anything until the fall, really, with flagships. So just throwing those out there so you guys know. Kinsey, K-I-N-Z-I-E, and Clark, potentially two new Motorola phones coming to Verizon. As we learn more, we'll definitely update you. Oh, they both have quad HD displays. Yeah, that would be important to note. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so speaking of Motorola, they, they seriously updated, I don't know how many phones this week. You know, we've, we've been complaining and we've kind of been trolling Motorola <laughs> oh, yeah. and Verizon I a little bit. Trolling. You've been yeah. going in on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so the Droid Turbo, right? It was supposed to have Lollipop, I think, like seven months ago or something. And <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it got it this week. Like, it's there. If you own the Droid Turbo, you can go it's download available. Lollipop. Uh, of course... It didn't go super well. Motorola like pulled out like guest users and multi-users. Um, there's something else too that they. Who they needs added. it anyway? Yeah, who needs a guest user? Um, but it, it that's rolled out, and so you can grab that. Um, like the Moto X second gen of Verizon's got it now. AT and T's Moto X second gen, the Pure Edition, uh, the first gens are all getting it soon, and they're in testing. There's just been like a ton of Motorola updates. Uh, one weird thing though is the uh, Verizon Moto X second gen still doesn't have VOLTE, no HD voice, advanced calling, whatever eight names they have for it. So that means that phone still, after all this time, can't do simultaneous voice and data, which is kind of a big deal. Like it's 2015. Like your phone should be able to surf the web, surf the web. I like saying that, and talk at the same time. Can't remember the last time I surfed the web. Surf years. Yes. Well, uh, so, so that's bad. Like it was supposed to get its VOLTE update, I thought long ago. And is, is it ever going to come then? <sighs> well, the phones usually get support for what, like eighteen to twenty-four months or something. So probably, but you know, it'll be a year too late, and everyone uh-huh. will be pissed. I, I get the feeling that there's that Verizon is having a big problem getting VOLTE to work with Lollipop, even uh-huh. though um, Google in five point one basically built in HD calling or Wi-Fi. HD voice, whatever the hell it is. Um, But I get the feeling that Verizon and Google and Motorola and whoever, they're struggling to get it to work. I think that's why the Turbo was delayed. Because remember, the Turbo got its VOLTE update with Lollipop like in December. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, with KitKat in December. And then it was supposed to get Lollipop and they just kept delaying and delaying and delaying. So I think that's probably the problem, especially to see Lollipop come to the Moto X and not have it. That's just 
not good. It's odd. Anyway, Motorola doing lots. Actually, Verizon. How many updates did they push this week? Like the oh, Galaxy Note no Edge, Edge and the G4 got one. And so I think the S, both S6s, the Edge and the regular one, got a little update. I think the little S5 got a little update. Like Verizon was like stockpiling updates. And I'm sure we missed a couple. I don't know. There was all so many, and so many were minor. It's Christmas in July for Android fans. Yeah, it was. All months and months too late, probably, but it's here. Yeah. It's here. Uh, okay, so yesterday, um, one of our readers pointed out an FCC filing for a Google product, mystery Google product, that we think might be the new Google Glass. So as you guys all know, Google Glass was killed off, the original. It was killed off by Google, moved it under Tony Fidel, right? Did they move it under Nest? I think so. Yep. Google Glass now under Nest. And cool. uh, they basically said, like, we're not going to release anything until it's really ready. Like, we're not going to beta test in public like we did last time. We're going to release this when it's a real product. And then, it, what was it? In April, the Wall Street Journal said, it's coming soon, the new version. And uh, now this filing pops up. And the, uh, the product name, at least in the FCC filing, is currently GG1 uh, at Google Glass GG. I mean, you could jump to that conclusion. It's, that could be silly of us, but it's called GG1. Uh, and Google and FCC covered up like any revealing information whatsoever in this thing. And normally they categorize products in FCC filings. Like it'll say like, this is a smartphone or this is a tablet or this is a wearable, a watch. Like it always says, and this thing, they just completely removed it. Um, so they're trying to hide it, but it has uh, 802.11ac Wi-Fi, uh, 2.4 gigahertz and 5.5 gigahertz has Bluetooth low energy. Um, it has a charging cable, so you can transfer data to it. It has a rechargeable, non-removable battery, and the FCC label it happens to be in the firmware, not on the device, and you access it by swiping around in menus. So it just kind of seems like when you start stacking all that stuff together, like this is potentially, well, and the fact that the screenshot of the FCC label is this rectangle, just like it is on Google glass. So, um, it's not a stretch. I mean, you were asking me yesterday, you were like, this looks like something that would be on glass. Right. I was like, Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it kind of, kind of matches up pretty good. Um, doesn't take too much imagination, uh, to do it. But then again, I mean, it's Google glass. So who cares? Well, yeah. I mean, in the end, like, I have glass out because I was trying to get it to load up yesterday. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's so nice looking. Dang. Look at that. Yeah, because I put the glasses frames on there. Is that shale? This is shale. Man, mm. that was a good choice. <laughs> good choice. Anyway, Better it doesn't work. Blue. I booted it up and it doesn't work. Like it just everything just force closes. Uh-huh. And since I can't get into any sort of setting or menu anywhere on anything, there's nothing I can do. Like I can't even turn debugging on so that I can then flash images or anything. Like it's just dead. Like there's mm. nothing I can do. So yeah, that's a good, how much was this? 1500. That was a good, good 1500 spent. Uh, I looked on the, on just like around, did a Google search for the error I was getting and people it were throwing up like Google plus threads. And mm. most people said I couldn't fix it. Google had to send me a new one. <laughs> so, well, either you could get a new one or you can make your money back by publishing a YouTube video of a Google Glass drop test or a hammer test, water test. I mean, any of them will work. That's true. We could, yeah. Although there's probably been so many now that it would get like 500 views. So. Maybe. Uh, anyways, there's a potential new Google Glass at the FCC. 
And uh, uh, the interesting thing is, and we gotta try not to look too much into these, but you know, they, they hold back like the photos and all the stuff and all the actual revealing information. And they put dates on when that stuff goes public. And it was all set for like, I want to say like mid November, which is right around when like the new Nexus is coming and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Nexus glass. Here we come. Oh man, that would be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, in sort of random and annoying and frustrating news, uh, hangouts got updated to version 4.0 on iOS before android uh so a couple weeks ago the the guys at android police posted up this uh a preview sort of they got a hold i think of an early build of hangouts 4.0 on android and they showed it and it looks like the ui has been all overhauled and the ui looks nicer than it does now um not necessarily a bunch of new features just a ui overhaul and so we're, we've been waiting for it to show up on android and then hangouts all of a sudden this week got updated to 4.0 and it looks just like the stuff that we saw on the Android leak, except it's obviously on iOS and uh, it's nice, except it's on iOS. It just, yeah. it sucks. I hate it when, when Google does that. I know like they support all platforms. Um, We're used to it now though, you know? Yeah, we are. But I like, I want this, like obviously we use hangouts a lot. Like that's oh, how yeah. we talk through work. So I communicate with my family and friends through hangouts and, uh, it's the most frustrating to use app ever. And so I want the update bad. But uh, Is it legit? It's pretty nice. Yeah. I think, you know, what would just make it perfect for me is if, you know how Google Play, like whether you're in an app listing or on just an app page or whatever, you can always swipe out the menu, the slide out menu. Like doesn't matter. So with Hangouts, you can't. If you're in a conversation, you actually have to hit the back arrow to go back a screen. And so I switch between accounts all the time. And so I always have to hit back, then swipe out. And so like that extra tap drives me insane. I know that seems silly, that one tap. But like if I could just swipe out the menu whenever I wanted, switch accounts, it it would be so much easier. Totally. Anyway, it looks nicer too. So It does look nice. I mean, I I looked at all your screenshots from the iPhone and it looks good. It does look good. So, all right. Well, that's coming. Well, so Google said it's coming soon. Well, the the guy that I think worked on the yeah. iOS version said it's coming soon. And then like the guy that's above him said it's in the works. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of like backtracked it a little bit. Like, let's not get too excited. Uh, all right. So we did a bunch of reviews. Yeah, we did. I reviewed the Galaxy S6 Active. It's still here. All factory reset and ready to go back to Samsung. And you claimed uh, it was the best phone of the year. Phone of the year, no. <laughs> uh, decent phone. Uh, I, I, didn't, I don't really have any gripes about it. Just I don't. I don't necessarily like the way it looks. That's just me. Obviously, that's a personal taste preference. There. I hate the three physical home buttons. Mm. I said this in the review. Like I can deal with the one home button, but also having to fully press in back and the app switcher. Just I just don't like pressing that many buttons. I like just having to touch things like capacitive buttons are okay. Obviously I would prefer on screen, but uh, so the phone though, you know, it's waterproof and shock. It's like military grade, like protection on here. Like you can do a lot to this phone and it'll survive, which is kind of awesome. Uh, it is a little bit bigger than the regular S six. So uh, that bugs me just a little bit. Cause I've been using a regular S six for so long, but it's not like the biggest, heaviest phone by any means. Like you could easily use this phone. Camera's still amazing. The battery life is super great, but it should be. It's a 3,500 milliamp hour battery in there. I don't know why they moved the headphone jack back to the top, but that sucks. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's a really nice phone. 
it's just you know it's it's active it's meant to look like a piece of military equipment or something i don't know it's a tank it, you know it's fine i it's again i i wouldn't choose it but if you bought this phone i'm sure you would be happy with it it's it's it, everything about it's good just like the s6 it just looks different so yeah same display same camera i mean it's still a beast but it's yeah. just built like a beast it's just built like a beast and not built like a, a dainty miss <laughs> right. it's like gold and right. platinum yeah so, yeah uh you you reviewed nvidia shield we didn't talk about that on the last show did we or did we I don't think so. I mean, I that can, was last week, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It Why was. You just a quick overview of that then. Yeah, Nvidia Shield, awesome little Android TV set-top box. Um, Nvidia claims it's not a console, it's not a rival to consoles, but it is a rival and competitor to all Android TV set-top boxes. And in that market, and I think this is because it's all about the market and what they can compare it to. You know, it'd be hard maybe comparing this to an Xbox One or PS4, but you can compare this to a Roku or an Apple TV and get away with it. So NVIDIA Shield crushes the competition in terms of uh, gaming and performance. So they have benchmarks to prove all that, of course. Of course. Being NVIDIA. Uh, I mean, for God's sakes, they invented the benchmark. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... I hooked it up to uh, my TV, and I kind of love it. You know, at first, I we both had the Nexus player, and I didn't think Android TV was really all that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was just, you know, partially the Nexus player hardware, which was slow and janky. Mm-hmm. But uh, NVIDIA Shield, everything runs 60 frames per second, super fast. Um, Android TV definitely seems to have gotten some updates. You know, Google Play is a lot easier to browse and find helpful applications, not just, you know, five from each little category that they think is important. Um, So I definitely, I enjoy Android TV a lot more so than I used to. And since you're buying Shield, you know, you're paying an extra $100, say, over uh, Nexus Player. But I think that that value is there, that $100 value. But the hardware itself is awesome. You know, it comes with that controller, which is usually priced at 60 bucks. You're getting access to Grid, which is their cloud PC game streaming service, which is, again, legit. New titles come all the time. Yeah, this uh, week there's a whole, like, Half-Life 2, right? Yep, Half-Life 2. Well, those, those aren't for Grid. Those are for Google Play. So those are uh, actually running natively now on Android. Oh, uh, okay. And... Um, and they're always doing stuff like that. It seems like once a month or something, they're just bringing these like huge titles, you know, from back in the day that everyone loves, and making them natively available for Android on your HD TV. Um, you know, it's like Doom or something like that. I mean, the fact that these games now that I remember when I was a kid, uh, Doom uh, was a big one that my brother would have to load up an MS DOS or whatever. You know, that I, I didn't know what to do, um, but now I can play it on my TV. It, it's really great. So in terms of Android TV set-top boxes, I don't think there's anything that really touches it. There's uh, the Razer Forge TV, but from the reviews I've seen, I've reached out to Razer. Well, first, they reached out to me to see if I wanted to review it. I said, oh, yeah, please send one in. And uh, they have yet to get back to me. So clearly, I think they, they're kind of they're working with stuff yeah. and uh, trying to figure out you know what is people don't like about their box because if you go to Amazon, I mean, you could buy a Razer Forge TV and, oh, the ratings are really bad. They're so super bad. You showed it to me and I just went, oh, boy. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing has, uh, you know, it, first of all, it's the only Android for uh, TV box capable of 4K out, the Shield, that is. Uh, 
it's kind of future proof. I think you know when we I was doing a lot of uh, uh, meetings with Nvidia, they were you know to get the review going, and they were like, we want to future proof the living room. I mean, so this thing can stream 4K. Um, it has the gigabit uh, Ethernet ports. It's got tons of uh, USBs, HDMI's, and all this stuff. I mean, it's got it's got a ton of stuff going on. So for 200 bucks for 16 gigs or $100 more for 500 gigs, um, I don't really see it as all that bad of a deal. Um, I think it's a good little investment, especially for someone who enjoys gaming. Yeah. Uh, if you aren't going to be gaming all too much, maybe you can get something else. Um, Nexus Player would probably suit you just fine. Maybe Or maybe an updated version of the Nexus Player that's coming out, or heck, even a Chromecast will treat you just fine. But um, if you enjoy gaming, or if you got some kids that want to play on the TV, then Shield Shield's a pretty darn good little box. So I highly recommend it, and, and that's that. Yeah, just looking really quick on Amazon. So the Razer Forge TV bundle has forty-seven reviews and a two-star rating. Hey, solid. The, uh, the, the Nvidia Shield has two hundred twenty-eight reviews. It's four-star and already a number one bestseller in HD DVD players. <laughs> Oh man, that thing plays DVDs. <laughs> Apparently, according to the category, the bestseller there. I missed that part in the review. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, good. I thought about picking one up just because I have the Nexus player, and even though even though I don't necessarily game a lot, there's like potential that I may. And the Nexus player, while you can game on that, it's I don't think I ever would think about it. See, I don't think I, I don't think you can game on that thing. Like I downloaded uh, the Game of Thrones game from Telltale. Nexus player struggled. Oh, did it? To play okay. it, you know. But of course, Shield and blows right through it. Yeah, so. sure. Huh. Nice little product. I maybe recommend it might be a small demographic there that wants something like that, but it maybe well, it'll grow. It always caters. I feel like to the to the niche. I mean, yeah, I mean, they released uh, a Shield portable, you know, like a portable yeah. gaming console. I mean, you, you got to be adventurous to release something like that and expect it to, like, you know, really sell. So That's I don't true. think, I think, I think they got the balls to do it. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Ron reviewed Pebble Time. Mm. Uh, Ron isn't joining us; he's on a vacation or something, I think. But um, yeah. So Pebble Time. I don't, I don't want to just like crush pebble time, but like why not? I got, so I backed it. So we have the regular one now and then the steel version is coming soon. I believe it ships late July. So we got the regular one from Kickstarter and I put that thing on for, I think I had it on for five minutes, tried to look for a watch face and synced it with my phone and things started vibrating and I tried navigating in it. It was so frustrating. I basically said, Ron, do you want this thing? You're a former Pebble user. And he was like, yeah, I'll take it. And I just, I couldn't get it out of here faster. That's how frustrating I was or frustrating the experience was initially. But so Ron reviewed it. And, uh, you know, as, as a former former Pebble owner, uh, he dove into it and he used it on both iOS and Android because he has both, uh, both types of phones. Uh, And so his verdict was basically, if you own an iPhone, don't even consider this thing because <laughs> the you know the way their ecosystem is closed off enough, like mm. the Pebble just can't you can't do everything that it could do on Android. So he just said like if you own an iPhone, don't even consider this thing. Just if and if you need a watch, just go buy the Apple Watch if you can and you want to spend that much money. Um, he said if you own an Android phone, like what do you say? The only reason you should get Pebble Time is if you just want a smartwatch that lasts longer than an Android Wear watch. So like if you just need a watch that can last like five days, otherwise he said like 
you know, you have so many options with Android Wear now. They look better. They run better. They have touch screens. And uh, they're, you know, you can get some that are as inexpensive as the Pebble Time. I mean, the Pebble Time is like 200 bucks. Like, this thing should not be $200. It's way too much. $75 tops. I would, I would agree. This thing should be like under a hundred bucks, hundred bucks tops. Cause, uh, it looks like you got it out of a cracker jack box. Looks like a cracker jack box toy. It does. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to <laughs> everyone who worked on it so hard probably, yeah. but I just don't, I don't care for the look. I mean, Android wear and Apple watch already look, I mean, I feel like so premium, you know, using metal and aluminum and leather and pebble <laughs> time brings us this. Like, come on. <laughs> so Ron said he didn't mind the actual watch band that came with it. I thought it was one of the cheapest things I've ever touched in my life. Like I, it feels so cheap. It feels like you could just go rip and just rip it in half. That's how flimsy I thought it felt. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, it doesn't look good at, at all. Uh, I, it, the UI is kind of cool because it's oh, my child is screaming. Uh, there's a <laughs> sounded like a buzzsaw. Yeah, it's a little wild these days. Oh, yeah. uh, the UI is kind of colorful and kind of cool in that sense. Um, but you like you have to press physical buttons to do anything. And when you come from a smartwatch or the modern era where you swipe displays because that's what we use as touchscreens, like mm-hmm. punching buttons to like move around a UI is just not fun at all. So. I, uh, you know, Ron took like a close up to kind of get a look at the resolution of the display. And man, I mean, uh, going from anything else to that would just be super strainful it's or bad. strenuous on the it's, eye. It's it looks bad. very bad. He said and, the resolution is 144 by 168. That's impressive. <laughs> and this is, is that, this is the e paper display, right? Not the e color ink or whatever. It's a color e paper. Uh, color e paper. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just not, it's not really great. The, and Ron was pretty critical of the uh, the watch face selection. I, I, I would one hundred percent agree. Like I look through, and so they have this big, like you could consider it robust watch face store, but it's all like nerds putting out like Mickey Mouse faces that like. I don't even want to say that. It's like Mario, like Mario, like jumping in tube with like a clock above it. Like, and they're animated. It's, it's, it's not like you can't just find like a classic looking watch face. It's all like people took like old video games and somehow turned them into a watch face. It's, it's not, it's not a good situation. Like if you just want to watch, it looks like a watch. There aren't very many options on Pebble. It's all like gimmicky, like cheesy things that kids have built. I said kids cause it's super cheesy, but I'm so I should buy this phone <laughs> no. or the smartwatch? No. Yeah. Uh, so when the, the steel metal version comes, um, I may try to give it some run, but I doubt we it. may just turn right around and give it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's Pebble Time. Go buy an Android Wear watch. Speaking of Android Wear, the Moto 360 just dropped to 150 bucks this week. Um, but I, is it worth it? Yeah, so like... Yeah, I had this conversation like with myself and then on the site when I was writing that up like so 150 bucks is it's a that's a pretty good deal on a smartwatch but like it's a year old now, well almost. And we know the new one's coming in probably a couple months, probably a month and a half, well two months I guess. It's probably coming in two months. I mean, if you have 150 bucks just below, or you don't want to wait for the new one because you know the new one's going to be 250, 300 bucks, and mm-hmm. so you'd rather just spend 150, 
Sure. But yeah, I mean, it's starting to show its age a little bit. That OMAP processor. Oh, it's getting worked. Yeah. It, I think 99 to 125 tops would be like a yeah. really good price point for the Moto 360. But at this point, especially with Android 5.1.1 running on it now, I feel like it's better just to wait. If if the Moto weighs the way you want to go, then I would wait. I don't recommend spending $150 on this bad boy. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. If it was a hundred bucks, like go for it. Just absolutely. Work. But Bye. that extra fifty dollars really just in my mind makes it feel like it's just not worth it. Unless, uh, um, I mean, they have the different versions, right? If you wanted to get the metal one or whatever, is that yeah. still like what two hundred? It's yeah, it might be two hundred. Yeah, because I think you pay fifty bucks for the metal band. Yeah, see, and at that point, it really just doesn't yeah. seem worth it to me for yeah. for what the Moto three sixty is. Like, sure, six months ago, oh heck yeah, one fifty, let's do it. But that OMAP processor, like you said, it's just not hanging. They better out. not put an OMAP anything near the next version. Nah, they can't. I also wish they would go AMOLED screen. I think the battery life would be better on an AMOLED, but. That's another discussion. I would I would also guess though that in like the next month you'll see this thing drop at Best Buy to like ninety nine bucks. You know, because okay. they're just going to try to get rid of these things everywhere now, and so like we'll probably see Groupons and stuff where you can get oh, them yeah. at ninety nine bucks. So you yeah, I you may not just want to may not want to buy this at one hundred fifty p. Like just wait a month another month right before the new one comes out, and I bet you can get this this little dude for like ninety nine bucks. Yeah. Refurbed for seventy five bucks or something. I don't know. <gasps> Refurbed. Yeah. Uh, all right. Just quickly, we asked a poll earlier this week that said, "What's the perfect smartphone size?" Hmm. And our poll struggles mightily these days. So let me pull it up here. We we asked this like these are one of those questions we kind of ask you guys every year. Mm-hmm. See if anything changes. See if anything changes. So five point one to five point five was fifty percent of the vote. Which I believe was the same thing the year before, or was it four point six to five dominate the year before? I think it was that one, the latter. Yeah. So last year, four point six to five was fifty five percent of the vote, and then this year it changed to five point one to five point five. People are liking it bigger, but what I thought was interesting was that the six inch plus didn't <laughs> really change all that much, even with the release of the Nexus Six. Yeah. Um kind of kind of bummed to see that not too many Shamu fans voted on that poll unless all the Shamu uh owners actually voted and there's only like 200 of them. But, you know what's really odd is that in the new poll cuz you kept the poll options the same. Right. So like there was the 4 inch to 4.5 inch category and uh a year ago that was right in the middle like it was 8% of the vote. And this year it dropped over the two percent. I can't even tell you a phone that has that kind of display size anymore. So mm. I don't know, like, why? I mean, like, I guess that could be a really Moto, nice size, but Moto G users or something like that. I think a Moto G is like a five. The, what's the Moto? The Moto E I think is like a four point seven, and it feels tiny. There you go, Moto. Maybe maybe the Moto E is four point five, but it feels. It's funny how that's small. I mean, the, the, the original Droid X was 4.3, and it was the Hummer. You remember that was the, <laughs> the Hummer? It's 4.3. <laughs> the Hummer, dude. The Hummer. I never owned the Droid X. Like, I never played with it. I went from the OG Droid to um, a Nexus 6 or Nexus S. 
I never like took it like a middle. It's just odd to think that the Droid X was the Hummer. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, so it was not. It was not a good phone. <laughs> that was that was like the real introduction of blur and how terrible blur was. I remember like that was when we were we had just barely gotten our start. We weren't that old, and yeah, I walked. I think I've told the story, but I was like before we had like PR contacts, right? And I was like, I'm gonna go to a store like that morning and buy it. And like they turned <laughs> me down because I wanted to pay full retail. They were like, you can't buy this at full retail, only contract. And I was like, dude, what? <laughs> turned down at the door pretty the droid bad. x2 wasn't too bad if i recall it was pretty bad too it was the same phone <laughs> like the same exact body um and then they uh they threw like a slightly newer terrible omap processor in it as well <laughs> they didn't change the resolution or the camera or anything like it was one of those where you kind of went did you did you do anything it was it's kind of like the hc1 m8 to the m9 except well that just got that got worse hmm. the droid x2 didn't get worse it just didn't change like at all no too much that's too funny. Yep. Uh, let's see. What do I think would be the perfect smartphone size? I, I think I'm in that five to five point five range. Absolutely. Like, you know, like the we basically have settled into. I think that five point one, five point two. Hopefully, the new Moto X stays there. You know, like the Galaxy Galaxy S six. Uh, you know, stayed at five point one. So, hopefully, Motorola does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Somebody just said Droid X2 is a Tegra 2. It went from oh, that's O-Map right. to, O-Map to a Tegra 2. Oh, that was a huge deal. It was the first yeah. phone with a dual core. Yeah, that's right. It was one of the first of the dual core. It didn't have LTE because it was just before LTE, I think, right? Yeah, but yeah. Shout out to Wade County. Um, totally forgot about that. That was the first time I really ever remember hearing about Tegra yeah. and all that stuff. Wow, good times. Holy crap. Oh, you almost forget about Tegra. Because I don't like the early know, Tegras, yeah. Are you still referring to them as Tegra? Yeah, it's like the Tegra X, Tegra X one, all that. Tegra K. That was when Tegra was going to take over the industry, and then Snapdragon just went and snuck in there. And it was like, we have LTE. Yeah, the problem was LTE became the standard, and yeah. Qualcomm holds all the uh, all the chips. Nvidia was too busy like gaming in their basement instead of worrying about LTE. Yeah, so Damn then they it. yeah they struggled. They slipped up a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a you have a game you want to talk about? Well, well real quick, uh, before the game, I wanted to talk about Project Five real quick. So oh, I, yeah, re- yeah. I, I, re- I received my welcome kit, and uh, so I got yeah. it all. <laughs> Finally. Finally. What's funny is like I'm I'm basically your neighbor, and I got mine, but you. <laughs> Have yet to hear anything about yours. Checking status right now because oh. yeah, every single day since like they put this new status thing up, it still says like, yeah, we're, oh yeah, we're st- we're still determining. Like I don't even have like the two week countdown. That's kind of sad, dude. It's really sad. Yeah. So uh, I got Project Fi. So far, so good. Um, you know what I really like about it is the Project Fi app. So right when you open it up, it gives you an overview of your account, shows you how much you're paying for, shows you you can look at your daily usage, you can manage your plan, shows you your number, um, you know your payment method, all that, a lot of good settings and stuff, all your billing. Uh, it's just a really nice app. But you know my only issue is, so I, I live in my home, right? Our, like, I live in my home in the sense that I work from home and all that. So I'm here a lot. So I'm always on Wi-Fi, which is good. 
Because my issue with this is that it runs off of T-Mobile and Sprint and Wi-Fi. So when I go outside, I don't live in like the greatest T-Mo or Sprint coverage area. So I went outside yesterday for a change and uh, I turned it off and I was like, okay. Um, it has LTE, but I've never seen it over half of LTE. Uh, it's always kind of right there in the middle. Or it's like a quarter of the bar or half of the bar. So it's kind of upsetting. Maybe if I go downtown, it'll be a little bit better. But um, I wanted to. I have it running on LTE right now. And I, I have the speed test app. And we're just going to see what kind of numbers I can pull down uh, with Project Fi. So we're going to begin test, testing the ping. But um, regardless, so far yesterday, it seemed good. Like I, I had to use the GPS nav. and Oh, boy. Was good. Oh, we are. Oh, we're killing it. Oh. Did we get a meg? <laughs> no, not even a meg. So right now I was at 79 millisecond ping. Yeah. So we're struggling. We're we're living in struggle city. What the hell? How's that even possible? I don't know. That's Project Fi. Yeah, I don't have it. It says I have zero bars right now. I you know, I don't live in the boonies or anything. I live right next to Intel and Nike and Nvidia. Right. Like I have all these big players right here. You it's not it's not like you're surrounded by buildings that would be killing your signal. Like you're you're no. in a house, like in a neighborhood. Exactly. Uh, so I got 0.5 down, 0.7 up. How is that even possible? Like even if you're on like a sorry, my child is screaming. Oh, it's fine. If how is that even possible? Like like 3G is faster than that. Focus you. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's real bad. So clearly, this is running on Sprint at the moment, <laughs> and you know that's another problem. It, they they don't tell you what you're running on. It just says Fi Network. No, damn it! Like I want to be able to just not connect to Sprint if possible. You know, like I I appreciate it, <laughs> but I don't want that. Like just keep me on Timo or Wi-Fi. But of course, you know when I'm on Wi-Fi, everything's super fast, and, all and you that. can't force anything, right? It's supposed to just do it all automatically, and it never really tells you. Yeah. Doesn't tell you nothing. I mean, it'll definitely tell you when you're on Wi-Fi or the LTE. But so when you far, hit a Wi-Fi hotspot out in public, uh, does it like? Does that have a special icon, or is it just a normal Wi-Fi icon? I have not. So, um, so I'll need to go to like Target or something because they always have like open Wi-Fi or whatever. Starbucks. Yeah. I'll just need to do that. I wasn't able to go to somewhere that had uh, open Wi-Fi yesterday, but I will. I mean, I just signed up yesterday, so for the next month, I will be using Project Fi as my numero uno service provider and seeing how it goes. I mean, it's not a bad day. 50 bucks for unlimited talk, text, and then 3 gigs of data. Um, although I did have to pay an extra $2 um, for regulatory fees and all that. Oh, Google, those corporate bastards making me pay an extra $2. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's cool. Yeah, oh, here's another problem. Um, wow. The phone you have to use, <laughs> the Nexus 6, so big. Yeah, I mean, I mean you haven't spent a lot of time with the Nexus Six, right? Like, no, on a I haven't. Basis, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm coming from a Galaxy S Six, and oh, this feels so good in hand. <laughs> but uh, so like on my hand, it has a it catches a break when I hold this. Uh, like, exactly, it's Shamu. It's not a whale. Yeah, so it's hard. Oh, uh, Tim, can you show us signal strength in dBm? Well, of course I can, sir. Just don't show your phone number. Yeah, I'll try not to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to test it, but uh, Google hates me, clearly. That's true. 
They don't like it. I mean, come on. Before we even wrote up the post about it, we signed up for it so we could be one of the first. You and I did. And uh, mm-hmm. no, yeah, no love. I'm going to be the last person in the entire invite system to get invited. And the fact that like mine's still determining <laughs> when I can uh, be a part of the fun. By the time I get it, the next Nexus will be out, which will also be a part of it. Did they change where they put that in Android M? Because, again, I am running Android M on this thing. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It would be status, I would think, about phone status, if that still exists in Android M. Signal. And when you hit on Signal, there's just nothing. Oh, there's just nothing. They don't nothing want you there. to. Google's like, we're hiding this. Ah, if I... oh. Found it. It's under SIM status. So oh. that makes sense. So network, Fi network, signal strength. Uh Negative 116 dBm 24 ASU. Yeah. That's really bad, yeah. That's why you have like zero, not even a meg down. Makes sense. Where do I want to be? What's the sweet spot? I think like 80s. <laughs> yeah, so 116, not very good. Well, again, what Timo and uh, Sprint, they, they just don't have any like building, penetrating uh, bands. So when, when you're sitting by a window, you would think you'd still be all right, but no. No, clearly not. Well, that yeah. should be a fun month. This ain't no brick house. I mean, this is it's like a cookie-cutter townhome, so I don't know what the problem is. But either way, um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a great month. I'll be doing a lot of testing. I I, I wanted to uh, you know go outside, do some periscoping, but I probably won't be able to do any periscoping on a cellular network with that, that speed. <laughs> not in your neighborhood, apparently. Yeah, not in my neighborhood. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hey, life goes on. At least we have Fi in the building. And you got the welcome kit. You got the free charger and case and all yeah, that. So even if you don't buy the phone, you still get the welcome kit. It comes with the free charger, which is like a sweet little charger. Here, I got the kit right here. I can grab it. Yeah, every, everything's super like high quality, right? Oh, everything. It looks super nice. It comes in this really nice box. It has the Project Fi logo. It, it's a... I think they just reused a, a Nexus 9 box. <laughs> that does look like one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same damn thing. So you get uh, this nice little box that comes with all these goodies right inside. Yeah, hey, little earbuds. Yeah, little earbuds, which has a dual port. So turn air drum solos into air drum duets. That's cute. Um, it's got your little juice charger. And it's got a Nexus 6 case. I don't believe this is a special, one of those special, like, living live cases or whatever they call it. But uh, it is a case nonetheless. It is a case. You know, the way you would know is if it towards the bottom had, like, a little button. Well, it's all white, and it's hard to tell. It has a Project Fi logo on it, so it's hard to, like, tell. But, uh, you know, it's a cool little service. I mean, setting it up was super easy. Nice. And, and, you know, so I'm I'm all about that life. Anything that's easy. Anything. Sweet. Well, I'll let you know somebody. how it goes. Yeah. I really just wish they uh, allowed the Nexus Five to yeah. do it. Then, then I would be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk app game, and then we'll wrap up? Yeah, sure. I have one app I want to talk about. It's called Never Alone. This is a game that is currently exclusive to Nvidia Shield. I know I keep doing that, but I'm sorry. They keep pumping games out that are awesome for Nvidia Shield. It's called Never Alone. I wish I knew more about the history of this game because I'm positive that it's not new or anything. This was apparently on over 75 best of 2014 lists, but it was never available for Android, but now it is. So you play as a a wee little Eskimo girl uh, who befriends this all-white Arctic fox, 
and you have to figure out what is causing this never-ending blizzard that has basically uh, wreaked havoc on her village. So, very cool game. I believe it cost $15 um, for Shield, but it plays unlike any game that I think I've ever played before. It plays like a console game. It looks like a true console game. Looks awesome, plays awesome. Oh, the story is amazing. I mean, if you're into, like, cute animals and little foxes, then you can't go wrong with uh, Never Alone. So I'll link that in the chat, but uh, I'll be writing it up next week, I think, as its own little separate post because it definitely deserves that. I announced its availability, but I didn't know anything about the game, so I didn't write about it. But now that I have played it and I've gotten pretty far and unlocked some achievements, uh, I'll definitely be writing it up. So definitely give it a look. It's in the chat, and that's that. Rhyming accidentally. <laughs> Are you muted? Hey! hey. How about now? There you go. Yep, I can Sorry, hear Sorry, my child's in the background going, wee! Um, the sun is totally just like... You can yeah, tell well, like, how fast tell. the sun moves because it's just mm-hmm. like crushing me as the show goes on. Uh, all right, so... I don't think we have anything else then. You have anything else you want to throw out there? No, I think that'll do it for me. Thanks oh, everyone for joining on this um, technically holiday. Yeah, so everyone have a safe 4th of July holiday. So it, we're like in a drought here in the Northwest. You can't even like really light off fireworks, I don't think, anywhere. My hometown in oh, Montana and Whitefish, anyway. they basically shut down like 4th of July. It's kind of sad. That is kind of sad. Do it anyway. Yeah, it's, you know, the a drought. California sent their drought to us or something. Stupid California. Sorry, Callie. He doesn't mean it. I don't. I do like California sometimes. All right. Sweet. Uh, sweet. So, yeah, thanks for joining us again. Uh, July 3rd, episode 86. We're Droid Life. Peace. <laughs>